Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Smart, Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose, and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. Their stories connect us and help us understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other in our work and in our life, and we lift women up. These amazing conversations gave me the stories and wisdom for my earlier book titled Leading Women, and they also inspired my newest book, which came out in 2019, called In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life. This week, I'm very pleased to welcome Rachel Vogelstein. Rachel is the Douglas Dillon Senior Fellow and Director of the Women and Foreign Policy Program at the Council on Foreign Relations. She is also a professor of gender and U.S. foreign policy at Georgetown Law School. She serves as a member of the board of the National Women's History Museum, which is celebrating the centennial of the 19th Amendment this month, which is with a many variety of activities in the next few days. The 19th Amendment gave women the vote, by the way. From 2009 to 2012, Rachel was the Director of Policy and Senior Advisor with the Office of U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton and represented the department as a member of the White House Council on Women and Girls. Previously, Rachel was the director of the Women and Girls Program at the Clinton Foundation, which she oversaw the development of the No Ceilings Initiative and provided guidance on domestic and global women's issues. She was also a senior counsel at the National Women's Law Center in Washington, D.C., and is the recipient of the U.S. Department of State Superior Honor Award and the National Women's Lawyers Award. So I'm so pleased to welcome Rachel Vogelstein to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy and find out more about the activities of the National Women's History Museum. How exciting. Well, welcome, Rachel. I'm so glad to be with you. It's a good week. It's a fantastic week. Welcome, and let's talk about women, and let's talk about this wonderful museum. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know, I always start out these uh, conversations with something very, very important. It's called your personal story, because let's face it, none of us are doing what we're doing today because of, I mean, there's so many reasons, and probably many of us, when we start to share our stories, find out there's such a great connection. So how did you get to be the Rachel I'm talking to today? I had an interest in women's rights issues from a very early age, uh, from the time that I had an opportunity to study women's history in high school, and I went on to go to a women's college, Barnard College, which is the women's college Mm -hmm. at Columbia University. And there I was really lucky to be exposed to an educational model that integrates a focus on women into every discipline. I happened to be a student focused on American history and political science, uh, but that experience really helped lay the groundwork for my ongoing education in women's issues. Um, And I also had an opportunity to study international women's issues when I went on to law school. 
and get a sense of how many of the sites that I had studied that had been waged here in the United States were in fact part of a broader movement that was indeed happening around the world. But, but of course, the, the biggest surprise of all is what you don't read about and what you don't see and what you don't hear. And, and I think that's really the conversations that we're having today is women have great roots. We have roots that have been there all along, but so many do not know that uh, know about them, men, women, boys, girls, etc. But none of this can be what we can't see, what we can't hear, and what we can't read about. So this is a this is a wonderful time, and I, I you know and I keep saying the time is now, but it, it but it really is. But you know you did have a very supportive environment with women, and not all women have that. And not all the, all women have the information and the guidance and support that you received. Were you surprised though by the number of women that really did not, you know, follow your lead or understand where you were coming from? Well, I am very well aware, uh, particularly now as a parent, of uh, the gaps in American history. You know, yeah. the yeah. National Women's History Museum, which I'm proud to serve as a board member for, is focused on writing women's stories into the fabric of American history. And right. of course, importantly, to constructing the first standalone museum, recognizing women's contributions to our nation from its founding on in our national meeting spot on the National Mall here in Washington, D.C., uh, where I happen to be. And mm -hmm. you know, I think it's so important that these foundational stories of women's contributions from a range of disciplines, from all walks of life, that so many of our children are not exposed to, that we find a way, uh, not only through the construction of this museum, but also through mainstreaming into educational curricula to write Absolutely. these stories back into history. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm actually from that area. I went to Thomas Jefferson High School, so I grew up in uh, Fairfax County. So <laughs> I'm very familiar. And being around Washington, D.C. growing up, I think it lent uh, more history for me to understand and be a part of. But I think, again, other parts of the country, it's, it's interesting how where you live and what's going on really depicts, you know, kind of what your education becomes. But let's face it, when I was growing up, I learned Virginia history. You know, that was my book, right. Virginia history. Mm -hmm. But Virginia history was very rich because of, of Jefferson and Washington. And, you know, again, being in the Washington, D.C. area, I was privileged to have more awareness and more contact and, you know, field trips. You know, we went to <laughs> we went to Monticello. I mean, we went to places that took us back in history. So, you know, I think I was privileged and very lucky to grow up in that area. But not all women have had that privilege or that understanding or that uh, availability. But, uh, yeah, this is exciting. You know, and, and of course, the, the, the question is, why did, has it taken so long for us to do this? What is it we need to do? And I, I'm jumping off the topic, but I think those are things that are, that are important because what, what, what we want is this museum to be built right now. But tell, tell them about the virtual part. This has been a virtual museum for many, many years. So let's talk about that, too. Yes, indeed. I mean, the, the museum itself was founded in the 1990s. The hands of some determined women who 
had come to be aware that the kind of only statue of women in our nation's capital, a statue right. of women suffragists, many of whom we are honoring as we mark the centennial of women's suffrage, August 26th this month, um, that statue was confined to the crypt, to the basement of the Capitol building. And yeah. of course, it will not surprise you to learn that there were many statues in the hall of the Capitol that revered the contributions of men. Uh, and these women believed strongly that we ought to literally and figuratively elevate the contributions of women by ensuring that the statue uh, was moved into the Great Hall in the Capitol. And they were incredibly determined. There were many obstacles put in their way, and they ultimately prevailed. And that really kicked off a 25-year effort to make changes, not just in the Capitol building, but in the way that history is taught across our country to ensure the women who transformed our nation that their stories are present. Uh, and so the museum itself has long had an online presence uh, with millions of visitors. Uh, and we have curricula available for teachers. We have resources available for students. Uh, we have historians that have long worked with our museum to curate online exhibits and information about a range of women, not only the suffragists who we revere this August, 100 years on from when women won the right to vote, but women who were there at the founding of our nation and helped shape it, women who fought for civil rights and human rights in our own country in an effort to make sure, just as you suggested, that you really can be what you can see and to provide examples to girls and boys, men and women of the really powerful leaders that came before and what we can learn from them, how we can be inspired and empowered by them, how they shaped the future and how we can take those lessons to shape our own future. Well, it's, it's 2020 and What's interesting, I mean, it's, it's exciting as Kamala Harris will be, Shirley Chisholm, there, there are black, uh, women of color that have come before her, but this to me seems like a, a very, very good time for women of color. Uh, women Connect for Good is, uh, again, let me just make sure everybody understands. I'm supporting the museum. I'm, very, I'm going to be very much a part of the museum and, and will continue to promote it any way I can the awareness and the understanding of what's going on is going to be extremely important. And along with that history, there will have to be, have some tough conversations. Pamela is a woman of color. You know, I'm reading the article about women for votes for women, votes for black women. And, and you know, we do have, we have some things to talk about and to, for us all to understand that we have to come together to really make the impact that we need in our country to really unify us. Because I think this unification with women of color and with men and women of color and all white people with privilege, whatever you want to call it, have to come together. So it's going to be an interesting time to see how that all works, especially now. I'm sure there will be many discussions, and I'm good friends with Dr. Sheila Robinson, who's the founder and the CEO of Diversity Women's Magazine. I mean, we, we do have some opportunities, but we do have to have some tough conversations as well. 
Yes, indeed. And I think you're, you're absolutely right to recognize this is a, a historic week where we have the fourth woman ever to join a presidential party ticket and the first woman of color in Senator Kamala Harris of California. You know, importantly, in her first set of remarks, the vice presidential nominee for the Democratic ticket, she specifically referenced the ambitious women, the brave and courageous women who came before her. And I think understanding that history from the fight for voting rights for all women, which you mm-hmm. rightfully note, was a fight that went on long after 1920, um, right. to leaders like Representative Shirley Chisholm, who was the first woman of color to run for president of the United States several right. decades before. You know, having an understanding of that history is so important to having an understanding of the moment in which we find ourselves, a moment where we are having a national dialogue about the stories that make up our nation, our understanding of who shaped our history, who we revere in statues, and whose stories get to be included in our historical narrative. Uh, That's as important looking backwards in terms of understanding our roots as it is to the conversation about inclusion that we're having looking forwards to the future. And you're very right to point out that at this centennial moment that we need to recognize the full understanding of our history, that the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was a historic achievement, but it did not end the fight for voting rights in the United States. It excluded Native American women who uh, were not considered citizens until the passage of the Indian Citizenship Act of 1924. It excluded uh, Asian American women uh, until the passage of an act in 1952, giving Asian Americans the right to vote. And of course, it was not until the 1965 Voting Rights Act that black women were able to vote free from many of the barriers that had been put in their way. Which is not that long ago. But, you know, I, will, I would hope that all women and men will go out and vote, vote their conscience, vote for the candidates that they believe will do the, the best job for our country. But, but, again, I think we will have those tough conversations. In fact, uh, I'm going to have one of those conversations in October with uh, – we're going to be talking about white women and, and women of color and how our differences and how we have to come together. So, um, but I'm I'm excited about it because we are having those conversations. You know, years ago we would not have had even considered those conversations. I mean, this is this is the importance of the museum as well that that will create an opportunity for people to really look at the history and go, how did I fit? Where did I come from? Whose shoulders am I standing on? And there are so many women that we can recognize and understand, men and women, who have helped us to be what we are today. So the museum and the nation's capital, this is the place you, you believe it needs to be? Yes, it is our national meeting spot, the National Mall here in Washington. And there are museums for seemingly every issue here in our nation's capital for postal stamps, for textiles, for beads. Uh, There are art museums, many history museums, uh, and yet we have managed not to have a way to recognize 
50% of our population. Uh, there's yeah. kind of long been a push to increase the focus on women in the way we tell our national narrative. And I think symbolically adding an institution to the collection of institutions that currently exist on our national mall um, will be a great way of making clear that women have been and will continue to be central to our national progress. So what are the obstacles now? What are the challenges that we need to overcome? What are the things today mm -hmm. that you see as a board member of the museum that we need to overcome so that there is, you know, continues to be the virtual museum, but also there is a freestanding museum that people can go and visit to see, to read the stories, and to, to be a part of. What are those challenges? Well, I think one way that it would be terrific for folks to get involved is to actually become a member of one of the committees fighting for the creation of this museum and to express support to let your member of Congress know um, that the this is a priority. Um, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of people across the country who have been touched by the museum or are active supporters. Uh, and, you know, I think having that type of involvement, whether through social media or through our uh, many committees that support the museum would be incredibly helpful. We are currently in a, a capital campaign to raise funds to construct the museum. Uh, and we are dedicated to pushing forward uh, with a physical plant, even in this moment, a global health crisis. Uh, and we also recognize how instrumental the online educational materials that we ha offer have been in this moment of virtual learning and will continue to grow our efforts there as well. Well, if anything, the, that's helping tremendously, just the virtual part, because, of, again, so many people are using that as their medium to work with and to connect with. Uh, the museum definitely has a, uh, has a head start just because of having the virtual presence, which they can continue to grow. But, but again, the physical structure that people can go and visit, that to me is, is a true sign of the uh, credibility of the museum and also the importance of that it, you know, I mean, I think I think a lot of people would be surprised if you said, "Do you do you know that we don't have a museum for women's history?" And you know, I think a lot of people would be surprised about that. There's so many assumptions that we make because we don't have that education, we don't have that knowledge or background. But to truly know that, but we all have to, to be a part of making that happen. Um, okay, mm -hmm. so that's that's the challenges are again just building awareness more than anything. Isn't that what we're really talking about? We're talking about awareness and resources, and you know, you know, there are studies that we've commissioned. There was one study of U.S. K through 12 history textbooks that showed that only 13% of the figures discussed in our textbooks were women, and every yeah. time a little girl opens a history textbook and reads a womanless history, uh, she learns that she is worthless and that yeah. perhaps this country doesn't really belong to her. And we see study after study showing that girls and young women need role models. When they see women accomplishing their dreams and daring to do the impossible, they begin to believe in their own potential. 
so the museum, the goal, it, through not only the online efforts, but through the construction of a physical museum, uh, is not only a mission to complete our nation's history, uh, but also to empower future generations to build their dreams. Well, and again, this article about uh, black women voting, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful article, but it really, for, for women of color and all women to read it, really helps us all to understand that without support for, with each other, whether you're white or you're a woman of color, there, will be, there, there cannot be a positive outcome. I did a program, this, in fact, this was years ago, but it was called no, We know, know, know Your Mamas. We know our papas, but we don't know our mamas. And I think that's mm-hmm. the important thing in our country for us to truly unify and to truly be proud of this country again is to know really the women who really helped us to be such, you know, you know, they always say there's a strong, wonderful woman behind every man. Well, we know that for sure, but... Uh, but we really need to know every one of these women, you know, and, I, and I'm excited about this, and I'm really going to participate in any way we can, and Women Connect for Good is totally behind this, uh, this movement. I, I love the day when students in any classroom opens a textbook and starts to read about the history of the men and women who really made our country to, to, be, to be the country that it is, you know, that we are totally respected throughout the world, and everyone understands. And I think that's, that's the way we're going to be proud again about being Americans. I think that's right. You know, we're really trying to raise awareness and to create a future where every girl, regardless of race, gender, class, sexuality, ability, identity, who walks through the doors of the National Women's History Museum uh, knows that this country, uh, its past, its present, and of course, its future, and all of its promises uh, belong to her as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, you know, we have an opportunity with this uh, next election to truly make an impact in our history as we've never done before. And, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm so ready for it. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. This is the, this is the right time to do that. So. All right, well, let's talk about, again, what people can do to make the museum a freestanding reality and something that they can go to Washington, D.C. and visit and participate and the education. Uh, you know, and again, education is going to be so important that we're these textbooks, but again, places that we go, we see, we hear, we read about really makes a difference how we feel about ourselves. So what, what do we need to do? Well, I would encourage your listeners to visit our website, womenshistory.org, to follow us on social media, to donate, to consider joining our Council 19, which is a group of committed advocates who take steps to grow awareness and raise support, and in your own lives and your own communities to educate others about why this mission is important and how they too can get involved. Well, and the website, I'm looking at it right now, has talks about all the upcoming events. So I would urge people to go to the uh, Women's History. Tell us the website again. It's womenshistory.org, all one word. Uh, And we do indeed have a number of upcoming commemorations of the centennial of women's suffrage on August 19th. 
there is a virtual event commemorating the 100th anniversary of the passage of the 19th Amendment. As you may be aware, August 18th is the day that Tennessee became the 36th state to ratify, uh, thereby uh, completing that journey. And then on August 26th, known as Women's Equality Day, which is when the 19th Amendment was formally certified by the Secretary of State, we have a forum called Determined to Rise, uh, which, of course, will be online, uh, a full day of centennial anniversary programming on women's suffrage, uh, and many opportunities to view and listen to experts talking about the significance of this moment and what the future might hold. Absolutely. Now, there's some great things to to learn and to do. And like I said, we just have to keep getting, we have to keep pounding away and getting the word out. Rachel, I'm, I, I don't believe we met in uh, L.A. for the awards, but I look forward to meeting you. As I said, Women Connect for Good, and we are going to be, be and stay very involved with the museum and look forward to the day that when we're walking through those doors, that we can, again, have another big, big celebration. So thank you for what you're doing and uh, best wishes in all things. And uh, let's, I can't wait to see what this next election brings, too. But uh, hundreds, uh, the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment is a big, big deal, and people need to know about it. So we'll keep, get, keep getting the word out. But thank you so much for your okay. time, your energy, and keep, we got to keep going. Thank you for your commitment to this mission and for highlighting the work that we're doing. And I, too, look forward to walking through those doors with you and your listeners. Absolutely. Have a great day, and that day will come. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care.